<laughs> if you're new here, we're so glad to have you. And before you're seated, let's give the biggest shout of praise for all the dads out there for Father's Day. Dads, you are the leader of your household. It's biblical. And what you train your child to do, so shall they do when they grow old. So if you want them to get it right, be a leader. We thank you for all the leaders in this house. We thank you for the leaders that are not in today, that are serving their families. And that's what God's called you to do. And it can be hard to be a dad. It can be hard to be the one that there's no one to go to except your heavenly father sometimes. And that's okay. You're not supposed to have all the answers without him. But we encourage you. We pray favor over your life. And, and the dads who aren't dads yet or the dads who've never been a dad, we've all got a dad who loves us, and that's Jesus. Okay? So we're shouting happy Father's Day to all the fathers today. As you make your way to your seats this morning, find three people. Really find them. Find them. Tell them God knows your need. Find three people. God knows your need. Move about. Shake up the legs. Get some blood flowing. God knows your needs. Come on, somebody. There we go, Larry. God knows your needs. You just wait till there's a thousand doing it. Security up in here. They're leaving their seats. <laughs> God knows your need. started taking some Allegra D and I think it's getting me cotton mouth because <laughs> something's different. I think it's the Allegra D. Let's go to Mark chapter 5 verses 1 through 20. You might notice I sit you early when the passage is really long. When it's not long, I make you stand for it. See, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. It's good to stand for the word, but if it's long, I'll sit you, sit you down. I love this story. How many have heard of legion? How many know what legion means? We are many. A legion, you know, like a legion of men, a legion of the military. This was a man's name. I cannot believe I'm saying this, but can I get some water, Vincent? I've never had a need for some water. Thank you. Allegra D. I don't have bottle water etiquette at the pulpit because I've never handled a bottle at the pulpit. Okay. It's holy water. Okay. <laughs> Verse 1 says, They went across the lake of the region of Gerasenes. And when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. The man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with chains. That's a pretty strong guy. Not even uh, chains could hold him. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart. Oh my Lord, was this the incredible Hulk? He tore the chains apart after a while and broke the irons on his feet. They're like shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs, and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Anybody ever heard of cutters? They still exist. It's a form of um, depression. 
And this man was doing something to his body because he was really crying out. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. It didn't say he moseyed over. It didn't say he emailed him. He ran to him and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. This is so good. There's a lot of messages in this passage right here. For Jesus said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? He says, my name is Legion. He replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them, that's the demons, out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside, and the demons that actually were speaking to Christ out of this man begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them, the swine. And so he gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what happened. And when they came to Jesus, they saw a man who had been possessed by a legion of demons sitting there, dressed, and in his right mind. Look to your neighbor and say, are you in your right mind? Are you in your right mind? Jen, you in your right mind? Me neither. I thought that was funny. And they were afraid because they seen the man act normal in his right mind, meaning normally he is out of his mind. Woo-hoo. Those who had seen it told people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. You and Legion leave our region. It's like a rap. As Jesus was getting into the boat, The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home and tell your own people how much the Lord has done for you and how much mercy he has shown to you. So the man went away and began to tell in in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Now, before I give you the title on this one, I just want to tell you, that these demons that were speaking to Jesus were not of the man, they were in the man. And there's a difference. Do you know there's a spirit that possesses you? There's, there can be a Holy Spirit that possesses your body and there can be an evil spirit. There's, there's, there's the soul of the man. Like there's all these things, like we're just flesh living in a spiritual thing here. And, and I always send people to this verse when they say, well, I believe. That's good, so do the demons. The demons believed that Jesus was the Christ, but they did not follow Jesus. And there is a massive difference. One takes action, one doesn't. One makes them Lord of their life, one doesn't. One acknowledges Jesus is God, but they don't really serve him or live by his ways. Remember when we were baptized in the name, it's saying we follow the teaching of that who we were baptized. So the demons believe too. And that's a great way to start and get pregnant with your word. But if you want to have a baby, you got to go a little further, okay? I'm just saying. Y'all still love me? Y'all with me today? Okay. It's the Lord. I'm just the messenger. But these demons knew who Christ was. And in KJV, it says, we know who thou art. You are the Christ. Isn't that freaky? 
What have you to do with us, Jesus, Son of God? We know who you are. We've been expecting you. Why have you come to torture us? You see, demons like to occupy. That's why the devil likes to attack your mind, because he likes to occupy. And we say demons, devil, it's all the same. It all comes from the father of lies. So they like to occupy. That's why the, the, the demons said, well, cast us into the pigs, because at least we get some bacon or something out of this deal. And the pigs weren't having it. And the pigs said, no, no, I'm going down and drowning in this because I don't want to live like this. The pigs went cuckoo off the cliff. So the people were freaked out at what they saw. You know, when, when God really does something spectacular, it's not always pretty. And it can scare you and think it's evil. And you try to tell God to leave the situation. And here Jesus is doing one of the coolest miracles in the New Testament. And they're casting him out of their region. Isn't that funny? because they didn't know what to make of it. But legion, for we are many, that represents the demons in him, many demons that came out. It says he was, he was, he was made pure and in his right mind. But when I dug a little deeper into legion, I started having compassion on this man because my title today is Silent Battles. And I bet legion had a lot of silent battles in the cave. I bet even though he looked like a fruitcake or fruit freak, whatever you want to call him, in shackles from the outside, on the inside there was a hurt individual crying for help. And so even though the demons were like making him do dumb stuff and act bad, at the soil was still the man. You with me? And so when the people left the man, said he's, he's washed up, he can't be fixed, Jesus says, let me have him. And he fixed the, the most impure of impure in legion. So that tells me if he can do it to legion, he can do it to me. And he can do it to you. And some of the biggest battles you're going to face, at least in my experience, are silent ones. No one else is in the conversation but you and your head. Has anybody ever had a silent battle? Maybe you get your silent battles at night at 2 a.m., Maybe you get them when you get alone time with yourself and actually get time to reflect on your life and think through. And sometimes what do we do? We hide from the conversation so we just keep living in distraction, right? As long as you don't face it, it doesn't exist. That works for a long time, but that's called a Band-Aid. But the cut never heals, and these silent battles can cause us to be right in the middle of a conversation with somebody and not hear a word that's being said. How many times have y'all had that where you're in a conversation and the person's like, how are you? And you're like, so good. And on the inside, you're like, not even hearing them. You know, it's like at the doctor's office that time, um, hats off to some lady. How are you doing? And she tells you their life story. Well, at least she was honest, you know. Now, it's rhetorical, right? We don't really want to know. We don't really want to know. Because if you're not really in, our, in the club, you, you're, you're going to the cave anyway. So we ask you because it's like culturally acceptable to ask, but we don't really want to hear what's going on when they're crying for help. And so I don't know if it's ADD or what, but I can tell you so many times I've had conversations, no, no one here. And I don't remember a thing that was said because I was totally on another planet. And I was replying, and I was cordial, and I looked the part, but inside, I was battling something at the same time. Has anybody ever felt that? 
Is anybody else good at that? You can look really normal to others, can't you? Just because we don't have the shackles on ourselves for real doesn't mean we can't be like Legion, you know? But you're distracted by the battle going on inside that leaves your outer focus completely blurry and disconnected with what's going on around you. And we all face these types of silent battles, and we're going to talk about it today, how we can better manage these attacks on our minds that leaves us physically disabled against life. Did you know when your mind isn't right, your body reacts? Did you know, you know your, your anxiety, you know where that comes from? It's not your body getting anxiety. It's your body responding to your mind. Did you know when you get sick sometimes and you're tired and you feel fatigued, you know, it's not always because necessarily you need to work out more. It's because your mind is taking your body down. So your mind is a powerful thing. And that's why the enemy loves to take hold of your thoughts and take your thoughts captive. If he can take your mind captive, the rest is easy because you won't do anything when your mind's not right in your right mind. <laughs> I love that. Even back then they said people crazy. He wasn't in his right mind. But he was in it. I can just see, I can just see, you know, someone on the side. Of, that legion, he was not in his right mind. And then I saw him and he was right in his mind. Can you imagine a guy in chains and then he's like, hey, you want to go to Starbucks? Who are you? The pigs, the this is weird. Okay, I'll take a, a grande latte, please. Extra hot. <laughs> hey, it's funny, but it's real, okay? And that's what they did. They judged him. They didn't give him a chance. Just like Legion, the enemy desires, distract, the enemy desires to distract us and attack our minds. And today, my question to you is, are you willing to run to the feet of Jesus like Legion so that the battle flees you and goes into something that God takes care of, like the pig. He took care of it. They may not hear your outcry, but Jesus does. Remember this man cried and cried and cried. Did anybody go help him? No, what they did, they tried to contain him. The problem was he needed to let it out what was being contained inside. And they tried to physically restrain him, which was actually uh, inhibiting his ability to let out what was spiritually and mentally containing him in his own battle. So he was crying out for help, and here no one would do anything because of how he acted and how he looked. And I bet he was intimidating. I mean, the guy broke chains. So what are we battling on the inside today? Just because it doesn't look apparent to others like Legion doesn't mean we're not fighting something. That's what stress is. You're fighting thoughts. When you stress out, it's because you're fighting your thoughts. The strongest fights in your life are the ones others can't see or hear. But you know they're there. And if you look around here today, I dare you, it's okay, we're family, but I promise you there's people in here hurting, and they look really happy right now, and they look really happy on Instagram with their Clarendon filter. But if you look around when you leave this place, and you look around in the restaurant, there are hurting people everywhere with their poker faces on, because 
They don't want to go to the cave. They don't want to look like that. What are we battling on the inside? Did you know that compassion is basically loving people when you don't understand? So Jesus loved them no matter what. Compassion is like, I'm going to love you no matter if I understand what you're doing, no matter if I think you're weird, no matter if I think you're a sinner. Because guess what? We all are sinners by default. We're born into this world under the curse of sin. So therefore, we are born into sin. So if, if, if I'm a sinner, then I can love a sinner and pray that God rectifies their life. To love a sinner doesn't mean you condone the sin. It means you love the person and you want them to see God change their life. But that's what compassion is. Compassion is loving your enemy when they spit in your face. Compassion is Stephen the apostle praising the Lord as the stones hit him. Does anybody remember that story? That's compassion. That means it's unconditional in that no matter who you come across, you will show them Jesus the same way no matter what. No matter what. I'm not talking about Pharisees. The Pharisees only showed them if they fit the profile. That's why the burden was heavy. And that's why Jesus says, um, my, my burden is light and the yoke is easy because you can't fulfill a law being a judgmental Pharisee. That's why you got to come into the new covenant because then I take the weight and I am the judge. And so as long as we're compassionate, we'll start seeing hurting people all around and that the littlest, hello, how are you, sincerely can really change a, a heart next week in someone I use myself for examples. I'm not as messed up as I act. Well, sometimes. But we got a really cool card in the mail this week. And it said, because you've been getting a lot of ugly cards, I want to give you a loving card. I'm paraphrasing. And that touched me because that person thought about someone else. And that made me want to go share it with someone else. That's compassion. And, and I always, you know, joke, but... It's kind of funny, but it was cool because it, it, it combated the enemy's attack with goodness. And that's what, we're, that's what we're to do. And I thank you for that. And that was so good. And I'll never forget that. And I shared that with my wife. And, and, and that's what we are to do. The, the, the biggest things that can change your mind is to start blessing others. I wasn't supposed to preach that today. This is about our silent battles. You want to fix the battle? Bless somebody. That's how you fight. You can preach to yourself all day, but as long as it's I in the conversation, you will never find resurrection in your battle. When I take my battle and I start blessing somebody anyway, and I put my focus on them, and, and it may be distracting me in the moment, but God is actually changing my soil on how to handle the battle because I become so full of compassion that now I start loving my enemies and I start hurting for my enemies. I start hurting for the people who are so blind to the enemy's attack that I love them even when they hurt me, even when they hurt you. And so those are all some of these mental or silent battles you're, you're going to go through. But I'm telling you, compassion works. If we don't put our eyes on God when this happens, we start believing the perception of the people who threw us in the cave. We start believing that we're no better than a shackled prisoner in the cave. 
and that, that I, I may feel like Tom Hanks on a desert island. That's what I'm thinking of when I think of Legion. What's that movie with the island? Castaway. I'm a movie buff, can you tell? I'm more of a YouTube guy. <laughs> I think of Legion. I think of Tom Hanks, you know, like maybe Forrest Gump beard, but castaway outfit and like shackles in the cave. That's what I think of Legion. What happens, though, is we eventually forget that we were that, you know, dapper guy that came to the island, so to speak. We, we start believing that we're the, we're the end result from the attack and not the thing that God created from the beginning. We start believing the world's perception of us. And then we limit now what God can do. We start believing the enemy's lies. That's what he wants, is when you take everything to, to face value and to heart, what the, what the world perceives you as, and you start believing that, that's what you become. That's why we speak life. That's why we cast out. We speak good. That's why what we say matters. If we keep preaching the hate that people say and we keep going home and saying, they said this to me and they did this and they did, you're preaching that seed in your soil. You cast that out and say, well, I love them. Jesus loves them. And I count it as joy to be persecuted in this battle. I don't know what Legion was going through. Who knows? We don't know what kind of childhood he had. We don't know if he had a father on Father's Day. We don't know. All we saw is the end result. You getting this? What if we saw him as, as the boy before that? And then when they finally got the spirit out of him and he became pure in his right mind, the Bible says, they didn't know what to make of it and they wanted everybody to leave. I call that conviction. The man you've been torturing all this time, like those people had to feel something when they saw him be normal again after what they did to him. But if we're not careful and we start believing those thoughts, the devil wins and we reduce ourselves to what the devil says we can be versus what God created us to be. And we know we are wonderfully and righteously made. So if we believe that and know that God spoke that, we don't have to believe the lies of the enemy no matter what they portray us as, no matter if they put us in the shackles, in the spirit I am free, and free indeed. I heard a preacher once say this, and I, I use the word dumb a lot, and I thought this was another dumb thing to say. He said, go find somebody and tell them all your deep, deepest, darkest baggage. Go ahead, right now. You, when you go home today, you go. No. You take it to Jesus, and you tell him, your baggage. They can't fix it. And they're going to judge you. And they may love you, but they're flesh. But God is the one who delivered Legion, not the people. They don't need to know that. I was this close to stand up and go, they don't need to know that. I'm starting a church. I'm out of here. Serious. Because we're sitting there, we're like, why do we want to spread the dirt and soil it everywhere? Take it to the throne. Take it to the altar. He never said that. He never said take it to Jesus' feet. What did Legion do? He didn't go tell everybody else, well, did you know I did this back in 82, and I did this, and this one time I had a little woo-woo too much. And then, no, no, he didn't do that. He, he ran to Christ's feet. So there's a difference. So when a preacher tells me, take it to somebody else, I'm going to say, what Bible are you reading? The Bible says only God can deliver. 
You can praise for that because he delivers and they won't. I'm not saying they won't love you. They won't coddle you. They won't say, good, it's, we love you. You're good enough. You're smart enough. Gosh darn it, people like you. Yes, they do, but they can't fix it. It's a Band-Aid. They don't need to know that to get fixed. You don't have to expose yourself to them. Expose yourself to Jesus. That's the intimacy you want. You want the intimacy with Jesus. That's where you want to be vulnerable. Why are we prideful with Christ and vulnerable to all our friends on Facebook? That's the devil. That's why the, the youth is so depressed. They're all suicidal. It's because, because they're, 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 they're vulnerable to a, to a wolf. And they're not vulnerable to a God who loves them, who created them. Okay, I'm done preaching on that soapbox. Just go share somebody your deepest, darkest secrets. I don't want them to know that about me. I'm ashamed of that. Why would I want them to know that? It's hard enough to tell God, you know? I'll never forget that. This is good. Is there really a whole lot of difference between us and Legion? And I challenge you this morning. And I challenge all you people who stay home all the time. Yeah, I'm talking to you on the camera. I hope your summer's going good. Legion cried out. What do we do? We're okay. We're okay. We're lying to ourselves. We're not okay. We're good. We're prideful. Legion cried out. At least Legion was willing to cry out. I've been in church all my life. I never cried out till I was 25. I was in Sunday school. Um, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Uh, oh, how I love. We knew the deaf songs, how I love Jesus. Like all that stuff. Remember that song? Oh, how I love Jesus. I never forget it. Kindergarten, new life. But guess what? I never cried out. I don't want people to see that. You know, like we can be so prideful because of the Bible in our hand that we're not even as strong as legion in our faith. Because he cried out over and over. You know, every good miracle Jesus did to someone with an infirmity in the New Testament, guess what they did? They cried out. Remember, remember the girl with the issue of blood? She did, she, if I could just touch his garment, let me find him in the crowd. They say, Jesus, let me know when you're available. Let's put it on Google Calendar like PJ does. No. He said, where are you? I got to touch you now. That's the kind of desire we have to have for change through Christ. Is a cry out, vulnerability, that I don't care what the world thinks. I got to have a change in this. And we're taught that that's not cool. It's not cool, man. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Do you want to get better? Do you want your life changed? Get weird for Jesus. <laughs> Those holy rollers. Amen. I can't tell you all the other words they call us now. It's like not PC. Now they'd be like offensive. But I laugh at that. It's because my faith shows. Okay. Okay. He cried out, you know. So we're no greater than Legion if we're not willing to cry out for help in our battle. I'm preaching to myself. I got a lot of pride. Sometimes at night, I don't feel like I have enough to pray, so I just sit there. I just sit there waiting. Like, what am I waiting on? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, God. I'm good. You know? It's pride. The Bible says a stumble calls, uh, c comes 
after pride. Uh, before a fall, pride is what I'm, I'm butchering that. But pride causes a stumble. That's what I'm trying to say. And our culture is great at that, being prideful. Legion lost his pride. Legion was vulnerable because Legion wanted out of the battle. He knew his deliverance was through Jesus. So my question to you, in your silent battles, I know you look good today, but when you go home and you're facing that thing again, are you willing to cry out to God? Not your best friend and talk about how he didn't do you right. No, cry out to God is what I'm saying. I'm not talking about gossiping about the church or gossiping about whatever. Cry out to God. This is a conversation for him. Okay? The spirits fought Jesus to stay in the band. So guess what's going to happen to you? The enemy's going to fight you with pride to stay as you are. The enemy is going to teach you to go where they think already like you. If you're never challenged in your church, something's wrong. If you got to go somewhere where they already believe and agree with every little thing you've ever thought about your life so you have to change nothing, maybe the blade is too dull for correction. You getting this? I love you, but if I don't tell you the truth, how can your life change? And so, so the Bible says the word is a mirror. And if we don't shine the mirror on our lives and be honest, how can we have correction? And it says if, 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 if a father chasing you, he loves you. Because you, you chasing your children. It's discipline. And so like, so like that's the world we live in is, is a no thank you. Don't say anything is off course here. I just want to go get my latte and say I went on Sunday. <laughs> that's not the Bible. That's just something cool we threw in. But if you're not taking the word and, and, and asking God, crying out even, even in your closet, maybe your closet is your cave. Mine has been a cave many times where I've cried out. The spirit will fight you, the enemy, to keep the same through pride. When the opportunity, this is so good, when the opportunity finally comes to take the shackles off, what do we do? Ah, oh, they're not that bad. I'll give it another year. I'll give it another year with the iron on my feet. I mean, I got kind of used to it. I mean, at first it kind of rubbed the skin off my ankles because, you know, it's like metal. I never take it off. And, you know, it's kind of annoying. I can't move my arms because I'm in shackles. But, you know, after a while I thought it could be worse. I could, like, have no arms. I'm just going to stay the way I am. Here God shows up at the door. You ready? Well, I don't know because this is unfamiliar. You know, that's pride. Here you've begged and pleaded for God to deliver you, take you to another level, find your purpose, preach all the really good buzzwords in the church, and here you're going, I think I'd rather just stay the same. That's your decision. Guess what Legion did? He said, I don't want to stay the same. They won't hear me, so I'm going to take it to who will, and that's Jesus. If culture rejects us, do we give up or seek a higher counselor? Someone greater than the world. I know someone who fixes stuff, and he's not a handyman. He's a carpenter, though. That's the Lord. He fixes you. And you don't break again when he fixes you. Now, you may have something else break. He'll fix that, too. But once he touches the thing, it's gone. You're made new in that thing. 
They said he was in his right mind. How many want to be in their right mind today? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Are we too prideful to say, yeah, I need to be in my right mind sometimes? Did you see how PJ texted me that day? It was a little weird. <laughs> some days he texts like this, and some days he texts like that. Is he in his right mind? I am, but we all have to be honest and not let Jesus leave the cave and never forget that he's the only way to get through those battles. And the battles aren't going to stop, but Legion now knew how to handle the attack and keep the demons out because he had the power of God on his life. So now he's got like a shield of armor. The Bible says the, the word in the spirit, like a sword and a shield, the helmet of salvation. Like, like you've got this armor, so now Legion had the armor. So now when the enemy tried to attack him again, this time it's just like, dink, dink, deflection, right into the swine, right off the bat. Now they just bounce off him like arrows into the swine. Isn't that cool? That's what you got to do to defend. It's a, it's a, it's a, Jesus teaches you how to handle Jesus doesn't take away all the problem. He teaches you how to handle the fight. But you got to cry out. He ran to his feet. He ran. Urgency. Everybody say urgency. Will cause you to move when you don't want to. Because all you have left. Does anybody else get like aches and pains, you know, in their, in their, their, their older self? I won't say arthritis. My brother said, that might be arthritis. I said, no, no. But here's the difference. When you're just moseying about the house and something hurts, what do you do? You move real slow. You sit down real carefully. Now, what do you do if the house is on fire and you want to get out? Do you just kind of leave the house? No, I bet you, whoo, you, you, do, you, do, you do like the, the Loonington, you know, the coyote thing, the, the road running, you're out of there. Right? Right? You guys getting this? Legion's house was on fire, and he says, I got to get out of this thing. That's urgency. And until you have urgency, you can't scoot on out. Because you, you're going so slow, you're like driving Miss Daisy. You're going so slow, the enemy's just like, that's too easy to keep you here. But when you really want out, you're, you're, you're plotting an underground tunnel. You're, you're like Shawshank Redemption. You're doing whatever it takes to get out of here and crying out to God for, for a way out. And he will deliver. He will deliver because he keeps his promise. So even though the world may not hear you like they didn't hear Legion, when you have your outcry, just remember Jesus does. What did he do? What did Legion do after he cried out and ran to the feet? Well, Jesus cast out the swine. What does that represent? That re represents a release. Legion didn't know how to release it. It doesn't say Legion released the demons. It said God cast them out. So in order to release what's inside that's troubling us, we have to have God cast it out. We have to cast it out in the name of Jesus. We can, we can help him. We'll just keep pleading the, the name of Jesus on that thing. You have to release what's been holding you captive. You got to find a way to do that. And if you don't know how to release what's holding you captive, you say, God, take it out. Take it out. You have to release what's holding you captive you got to let it go. If you keep talking about it, it won't go away. If you keep separating it, it'll keep being separated from the thing. Have you ever 
met somebody and they keep telling you the same problem. It's all they talk about. And then they're miserable all the time. And eventually you want to go, look, I get it. Can we talk about something else? Like, you know, you might feel better. Anybody? Am I the one of those people that are just normal? Y'all know just the saints or what? <laughs> they got to cast it out. And as long as they keep speaking life to it, it's going to dwell. It's going to live there. It's going to, it's going to, remember, the demon, the demon said, please don't cast us out. If you're going to cast us out, put us in something else. Those thoughts want to occupy you. They want to stay inside of you. So you got to cast them out to get them gone. And as long as you keep speaking life to them, guess what? They got a house to stay in. You got to cast them out. Let go of that thought and replace it with goodness. What people can't hear, they can so often see. They see you carrying it. They see your sadness. They see your mood changes. They don't know what it is, but they know you're carrying something. That's why you got to get it out because you can fake it long enough, but eventually the world's going to understand and they're going to tell you the same. They're going to say, you need to go to church. You need to read your Bible because Jesus can save you from that. Jesus can cast that out of your life. You don't have to live like that. Why are you okay with living in chains? Touch your neighbor. Just tell them, why are you okay in chains? Or don't touch them if you don't want to, you know, corona or whatever. Is that still a thing? If you don't, if you don't want to touch them, just look at them and say, why are you still in chains? Like, you like, you like chains? Just look at them and say, do you like chains? I mean, how silly, right? Here's the key. Hey, I got a key. Do you want out? You don't want out? Funny, right? But that's the truth. That's what we do. We're not meant to be foolish in God's, God's provision, but wise and, and good stewards of what he's blessing us with. And he's saying, I got a way out of this. Man's encouragement is good, but belief in action that God is bigger than the problem is where freedom exists. If y'all could stand this morning. When your belief takes action, that's where you find freedom. That's good. That's good. What if your greatest potential right now is stagnant because you're living in captivity? That thing you want to do, that idea you want to start, you just keep letting the enemy tell you, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Oh, you're going to wreck your life doing that for someone that doesn't even care about you. Don't waste your time. Oh, you're, you're breaking all the rules. You shouldn't do it like that. That's foolish, says the world. Don't waste your time. They don't really care. They don't really care, Jen. The world doesn't care. Why do we do this? Don't waste your time. Because I serve a God that's bigger than the lives of the enemy. And even when the world says we're wasting our time, God says you're changing lives. You're delivering people. You're rooting something that is so big that when that thing breaks open, the floodgates of hell are going to dry up from the waters. It ain't going to be hot down there. It's going to be cold as ice when God gets done with it. Because he's going to cast that thing out, the Bible says. And so, and so when we know that, and we know that he has our best interests, we can rebuke the enemy's lies and keep saying, God, show me what you want. Show me what you want me to do. My hands today may not be shackled, but God has given me a key to be free. 
Your hands and feet may not be bound in shackles, literally, but maybe your mind has, and God has given you a key to be free, but you got to take the key. He can stand at the doorway of grace all day, but until you walk through by faith and turn that thing, it won't unlock, okay? God is good. Look to your neighbor, tell him, God is good. God is able. God knows my need. It's bigger than my understanding. He's, he created the world. He's bigger than my understanding. I'm done worrying about this. God took the battle. The battle belongs to you, like the song. God, the battle belongs to you. So good. Every head bowed, every hand lifted as we come together in one accord right now, asking God to usher in his ways right now in this house. God, we ask you to release everything that is bound in our minds today. Reject the enemy's lies. Reject the persecution. Reject the fear. We don't have to fear with, with our faith. We can, we can live in fruitfulness because you're a deliverer, God. Help us, help us take this into our week so that we don't keep letting those, letting the door, the back door come open this week when the enemy wants to slip that back into our minds. We've locked that thing with your key and we've opened up a new door that only you can come through, that only you know the code to. And we give thanks for that, God. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor. We plead your name over this house, God. We plead your name over this church. We plead your name over this culture who thinks this is an optional way to live, but they need to know that this is life. This is the life, the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to heaven except through you, Jesus the Christ. So God, deliver us today. We give you thanks for that. And if the house of God can say in Jesus' name, amen.